Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. I've got a you. Ooh, I've got an unconventional convention. Well, so cryptic Ooh. and fun. Game fight! Hello there, welcome to Date Fight. It's the podcast that grinds on unrelentingly, uh, like uh. someone treading our actual physical bodies underfoot. Uh, sorry, it's where we take great moments that occurred on this day in history and we spits them against each other. Yes, he's Jake Yeah, and I'm Nat Tapley, and quite willingly, and of our own volition, no one's making us do this, we have chosen two horses from a paddock full of the finest historical steeds to see which runs the fastest as we whip them with the whips of our minds. Yes. Of course, that's in the news, isn't it? The whole whipping business. Is it? Are they not allowed to do it anymore? To whip or not to whip? Actually, knowing today's government, they probably encourage them to do it more. I think yeah. we should still whip them. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Whips, whips are back, guys. Hey! Prisons. In a big way. Round one! I'm going to take us to the 22nd of February, 1856, when the Republican Party had their first ever national convention in Pittsburgh. The Republican Party had only been set up a couple of years before, as opponents of the Kansas-Nebraska Act to stop potential expansion of the slave states, which we sort of talked about a few weeks ago. Um, and their platform that they came up with at that convention was very short. You can find it online. It has, I think, four points in it. Wow. It has opposition to slavery. That was pretty much it. <laughs> oh, an end to poly- There's an end to polygamy. Oh. So no polygamy for Mormons. Um, this is like the old joke about the Ten Commandments, isn't it? What? How old? Do you know the old joke? No. Moses comes down from the mountain. Oh, yeah. And yes. he's with the Ten Commandments. And he says, the good news is I've got them down to ten. The bad news is adultery's still in. Hey! <laughs> yes, that's exactly that. There are only four things in that convention, and one of them is saying to Mormons, no, give the wives back. Stop it. <laughs> uh, another of the four things, a third of the four things, was expressing shame on the Ostend Circular, and I've had a look around, and with the little cursory research I've done, I can't find out what the Ostend Circular was. Uh, it clearly wasn't very important. Um, oh, and they wanted federal money to build a transcontinental railroad. That was the entire... Wow. Uh, policy position of the Republican Party, <laughs> which is quite a long way from where it is today, I think you'll agree. They went from not existing to having a president within six years, which isn't bad going. To begin with, they were a, a party that catered more to sort of the urban population and what they would now refer to as the elites, really. It was the yeah. coastal elites who really liked the idea of an end to slavery and that sort of thing, and northerners um, and industrial cities. But now they've completely the opposite party to the one they were then. But anyway, in 1856, uh, the beginning of the Republican Party, that's what I've gone for on the 22nd of February, 1856. What have you got? Something far more significant, mate. Sorry. Oh, yes. Yeah. Do you want to Do you want to just like formally concede now or do you want to... No, no, it's all... Uh... I'll wait to hear it. Oh, are you sure? Because you could just yeah. you could just throw in this whole... Oh, <laughs> i tell you what, if, if you get halfway through the sentence and I'm feeling particularly bad, I'll cool. give up then. Let me take you back to the 22nd of February, 1997, <laughs> and in Roslyn, Midlothian, <laughs> up the Scotland there. Oh, nice. British scientists, notice how they are British, not oh. Scottish. 
Yes. Announce. Oh, okay. That, it's yeah. like Andy Murray. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Until they lose exactly Wimbledon. That. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Every time a scientist loses Wimbledon. Uh, Andy Murray <laughs> announces that an adult sheep named Dolly mm. has been successfully cloned. Ooh. The thing with this is, we've only really got their word for it. I mean, all sheep look the same. Well, I, yes. I don't want to be racist against sheep, but if you clone, <laughs> say, like, Steve Buscemi, that yeah, would be an that achievement. Would, I because, would be very keen to see what a clone of him would look like. Yeah, you could be like, empirically, that's a clone of Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Like, I was going to say Alfred Hitchcock, but all babies look like Alfred Hitchcock. And, but also, clones don't necessarily look the same, do they? Because they're only identical in the sense that identical twins are identical and so environmental factors can make them look different, can't they? Or is okay. that, am I, I completely mad? Yeah, sure. I don't know. Who cares? Okay. Uh, yeah. Here's a depressing fact for you. Yeah. Uh, the cell... Do, do you know how Dolly the sheep got the name Dolly? No. Was she a mixture of yeah. two... Oh, she was a mixture, I'm guessing, of two other things. That's a... That, I wish. Oh. I really sincerely wish. It's much more depressing than no, that. Because she wasn't a mixture. She was a clone. Yeah. The cell used as the donor for the cloning of Dolly was yes. taken from a mammary gland. And Professor mm. Sir Ian Wilmot, who I'm happy to shame here, yeah. said, Dolly is derived from a mammary gland cell and we couldn't think of a more impressive pair of glands than Dolly Parton's. Oh, my word. Yeah. Oh. I can't... Th- so, proving, therefore, that there is not a single aspect of this, yeah, which is not disgraceful. I would like to apologise on behalf of... Just the twentieth century. Yeah. That was that's just just men. That's yeah. I mean, you'd have thought after doing two world wars in a century, we would have maybe come on. You know, a had bit. a bit of a look at ourselves yeah. and gone. Come yeah. on, maybe we should <laughs> stop with the posturing. Oh, uh, the, the the other thing that people don't really talk about so much is that Dolly was the only one that survived to adulthood from two hundred seventy seven attempts. Oh, okay, right. Okay. That's a lot oh. of lamb, sort of. Turned inside out, lamb carcasses dumped in a skip. It's like that scene in Alien 3 where Sigourney Weaver walks through the vats of yeah, yeah. other... Yeah. I say, every time I've got a hangover, I, I lie there going... <laughs> Imagine myself with a flamethrower. birthday to Edward Gorey, who was Tim Burton before Tim Burton even existed. Uh, he wrote the Gashley Crumb Tinies and many other weird, dark little books, which you should probably read. Um, hey, speaking of, I'm sorry to break in, mm. but yesterday yeah. you talked about <laughs> the swimming story. pool thing, and somebody read the swimming pool story we found out Lots on Twitter. Lots of people have now read it. Yeah. yeah. What was the writer's name again? It was Chuck Palladiuk, and when he reads it out at, uh, it does book signings, so when he reads it out there, people tend to faint, because it is such a horrific piece of work. Uh, we did say Hang don't on. read it, Chuck. and at least three people read it yeah. specifically. Because it? We, P-A-L-A-H-N-I-U-K. He wrote Fight Club and uh, other things. Oh, there he is, Chuck Palahniuk. Uh, and don't read, just don't read it. That's my advice, do not read it. This is and like The Ring. Swimming pool. I can't not, you've done it now. It's like a moth to a frame <laughs> and these other people read it on Twitter. And now I'm like, I need to see this. Okay, right, is it called... Guts or the guts effect. It was the cursed story. I had to get someone else to read it, otherwise I would have. It's called Guts, yeah. Printed in Playboy magazine. It's online. I did link to it. Yes, printed in Playboy magazine and the Guardian Weekend 2 supplement. Inhale, take in as much Uh, air as you can. No, I think I might stop there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Give yourself a moment alone when you read it. 
Um, happy birthday to Rachel Dratch. She's the funniest one from Saturday Night Live in the early 2000s, and she's always funny in all the things she does, but she just turns up and does little cameos, but she's brilliant. Also, happy birthday to Drew Barrymore. She was in E.T., and that's about it. <laughs> and Charlie's Angels. You forgot the other bit. No, yes, Charlie's Angels. <laughs> now you've done And it. in the opening scene of Scream. Happy death day to Papa John Creech, the blues violinist who played with Louis Armstrong and Fats Waller and is the only blues violinist whose name can uh, be used in, in a, a parody song. of a Madonna <laughs> song. <laughs> <laughs> and I did have to check the others to make sure you couldn't do an easy pod on Stefan Grappelli just before I said that. <laughs> Happy death day to Catherine Monvoisin, the fortune teller and poisoner who was thought to have killed at least 2,500 people in 18th century France and was at the centre of the Poisons Affair, which is so exciting. I'll tell you about it as a proper thing at some point, probably in July. Um, happy death day to the Dowager Empress Wang. You know why she's in this list. Yes, I'm not going to explain any more than that. <laughs> That's the death days. Mate, I'm reading the Chuck Palahniuk story. Are you story. well into I'm, it? You yeah, lost yeah. me. Don't. A friend of mine, when he was third. <laughs> oh. You don't want to read out anyone. It's still a family podcast, remember. I think I've read this. I feel like, what frightens me is that I feel like I've read I'm sure this. you would remember it. If you read it and forgot it, that would be the most yeah, impressive thing. That's what thing. worries me. That's what worries me. Oh, okay. I block out trauma. In I, which I case, forget you may everything. have had it read to you on many occasions. Maybe you're in hell and this is read to you every night and you, then you forget it by the next morning. <laughs> Round two. Well, it looks like we've drawn another we did. tie on this one. Yeah. We're going back to the 22nd of February, 1797. Yes. The Battle of Fishguard, the last invasion of mainland Britain. The use of the word mainland is very important there because there have been lots of invasions of Guernsey, Jersey, Ireland, the Isle of Wight, lots of other places. But this one is the mainland. Although it was Wales, so it doesn't really count. Um, (laughs) uh, In support of the Society, Society of United Irishmen, a French force landed in Fishguard in Wales. They went to also land in Newcastle, I think, but they forgot to do that. Um, the Society of United Irishmen was uh, originally a parliamentary group who were trying to get rid of the British, but then became more radical towards the end of the 18th century. They became friends with revolutionary France and revolutionary America. And General Osh landed a troop um, in Fishguard who... Now, they weren't all regular French army troops. Some were regular troops and others were... Essentially just people they'd pulled out of prisons, mercenaries, whoever (laughs) they could find. And as soon as they landed in Wales, they ran away (laughs) and found to find things to get drunk on. Yeah. I love that. They, yeah. they sort of, they were like, oh, we yeah. are here, what shall we do? But they were kind of like, oh, we live here now as well. And they just like went into yeah. houses. <laughs> they and went to there. houses yeah. and just said, this is ours now. Ours now. You do not... But they thought the Welsh would greet them as liberators. Mm. Not really. The reason the Welsh hate the English is because they go into their house and treat them like they're, they take their stuff and think it's their own. Yes. And if the French doing the same thing doesn't endear you to them either. <laughs> so they asked a few people to Welsh people killing them. Well, Wales had, Wales had no one to defend them. But um, a volunteer unit set up by William Knox, who made the head of that unit his son, another William Knox, who was 28 years old, had no battle experience, um, but he was leading 300 Pembrokeians. So there was a a, um, young Welsh woman called uh, Jemima Nicholas, who dressed up all of her women friends in black clothes and steeple hats so they looked like soldiers, and marched them up and down a hill, scaring the French off. They even captured a small troop of French people who were lying around drunk. (laughs) Um, 
Essentially, it seems to be a story. The French land, get drunk, and then 300 not very good Welsh yeah. volunteers run around and manage to chase them all off they, with some irate Welshmen with sticks. To be fair, they were the inspiration for us in Calais yeah. forevermore. <laughs> we're just going to go there, act like we own it, and drink get a lot. Drunk, yeah. <laughs> and then run away <laughs> back home. Yes. So... It was it was an amazing thing, and what I like mm. is that it took several days for the news to get to London, as I suspect it would today, having driven <laughs> yes. from West Wales quite recently. Uh, there was a run on the Bank of England, yes, and that's everyone absolutely. freaked out and were like, "Yes, oh, crikey, that- never mind these promissory notes, these banknotes. I need to get some gold." Yeah, and uh, the bank was suddenly had to go. Oh, sorry, we, we were kind of lying. And um, where it says on English, bank <laughs> yes, notes, I, I promise to pay, pay the bearer, bearer on demand. Sometimes we don't yeah, have yeah. all that. That I we... actually have. I haven't got it. I've only got half of that. Please yeah. stop. And so it, it changed the law. It changed yeah. the whole way money works in the UK. It was the first time we'd ever detached the value of the money from actually being a redeemable note to being irredeemable. Yeah. Um, so the, the note was just. It was just a note which said it was a pound on after that. Yeah. And that's how all money works now. And something. I would also like to bring up mm. is it was not technically the last invasion Ooh. of Britain because do you know about Burnham Burnham? No, who's Burnham Burnham? He was an Australian Aboriginal activist. Uh. And in 1988, on the 26th of January, yeah. he planted the Aboriginal flag on the White Cliffs of Dover <gasps> and claimed England. On behalf of his people. Brilliant. So that's theirs now. <laughs> it was a beautiful... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So technically, he has claimed... No, no one actually We've... pushed back on it. No one said, hang on a minute. So technically, we're owned Brilliant. by the I'm Aboriginals now. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Uh, the French gave up. I like the fact that they gave up. And the place they could find... The only place they could find to surrender was the Royal Oak Pub in Fishguard, which is still there. You can still go and sit at the same bar where the French surrendered in their last invasion of England. Not England, Wales. Fantastic. See, I can't even... I'm so Anglo-centric. <laughs> <laughs> Telling a story all about Wales, and still when it comes to the French subject, it's yeah. the English what did it. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to leave you to have a quiet word with yourself mm. and urge people to vote as quickly as they can today because votes close yes, at midday close or closed if you're listening yeah, after that. You're too or late. even if you've unearthed this as some kind of digital archaeologist <laughs> in the year 3042, <laughs> the last straggling remnants of humanity If this is on the, the only evidence of, of 21st century yeah. <laughs> civilization, then you're in real trouble. Yeah. It's too late to vote, more, more yeah. critically. <laughs> But you probably can still go on the Patreon. You can still give to the Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have the results of this week's date fight tomorrow in our (gasps) fabulous bumper Sunday episode. Mm. Uh, Until then... We also have a special announcement from one of our Patreon subscribers tomorrow. We have the first of our donors' birthdays coming. The first Patreon birthday. If you'd like us to celebrate your birthday, why don't you go to patreon.com slash datefight. Yes, and we will. And we will. We'll party hard. If you... you Yeah, yeah. In exchange for money. Alright. I mean, you, you made it sound grubby. And, Cheap and, and grubby. And I'm very happy yeah. about that. Right, we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Bye.